When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Vertical Podcast with JJ Reddick is brought to you by SeatGeek, the smartest way to buy and sell tickets. Welcome back to the Vertical Podcast with JJ Reddick. This week's episode, we're joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year and current LA Clipper, Jamal Crawford. Yahoo Sports presents the Vertical Podcast with JJ Reddick, powered by digital media. Find your voice. And now, your host, J.J. Reddick. Welcome back to the Vertical Podcast with J.J. Reddick. As I start this podcast, I realize that this will probably be the most difficult podcast that I'll have to record this entire year. I'm recording this Saturday morning. We played last night in Portland, battered and bruised, and nearly came away with a win. But our season is over. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to be joined by one of my teammates and one of my friends, sixth man of the year, Jamal Crawford. Jamal, thanks for coming on the show today. Bubs. They don't know about Bubs, but (laughs) anything for you, this is a weird space to be in. I know for for both of us and for our team, this is incredible. Describe, from your perspective, describe the scene in the locker room kind of you know pre-doc meeting pre-media getting in there when it was just kind of the players and the realization that the season was over it was one of the most emotional locker rooms that I've seen I mean people that you didn't expect to cry people it was like all that was coming out you know like everything had came out we, we literally poured our, our blood sweat and tears on that court and it was just an amazing feeling because we all felt the same way, you know. So it, it kind of took over the whole room. Still at a loss for words to see a guy like Paul Pierce crying. You know, this is a guy who's won championships. Right. To see him crying and to see other people crying and just to hear Doc and and Steve and to hear those guys getting choked up, it was it was something. I think you know this season as a whole it's going to take some time to process everything. But my initial reaction last night was similar to what you're talking about in the sense that the whole season was an emotional roller coaster. It really was. Yes. Uh, I mean, even going back to China, um, you know, integrating new people and new personalities, Blake's injury, you know, obviously Blake and Chris getting hurt in game four. And it felt like to me, that maybe personally I had maybe uh, repressed some of those emotions. Yes. And I would say it seemed like a lot of guys maybe repressed those emotions for the whole season because it did come out last night. I mean, it when I when out. I got back to the locker room, like I just – It all came out. They all kind of came out at once. As soon as I got back to the locker room, I was probably the fourth or fifth guy off the court. And, um, you know, you, I, I had to take some time for myself – you know, I wanted to be in the locker room when, when Doc got back, but I know that he was kind of going to be delayed a little bit. So I just went 
and stood in a bathroom stall for like five, 10 minutes and, uh, and was emotional. And then, you know, you come back in and you see everyone else, uh, crying and listen, I I've been, and I'm sure you have too. And and really with the Clippers, we're going to talk about that some more, but I've been in locker rooms at the end of the year where, where guys are crying. I've been in locker rooms where they're not crying. And I think it says a lot about the togetherness of the group when there's that collective emotion. It really does, and we were a resilient group. If you look at everything we were faced with all year long, like you said, from the beginning in China, when we were integrating new pieces, and some of those new pieces is button heads with Chris people. got hurt. Yes, Austin got Austin his got hurt. tooth knocked out in China. Then we hear the news about Lamar. Yeah, we had in a China. right right before the game. right before our second game. There was a, uh, I don't know what to call it, but, you know, we thought Lamar had passed. It was yeah. reported that Lamar had passed. And, no question uh, and, we thought that. And then we had to go play. Like, we found that out literally. 20 minutes before the 15, game? 15, 20 yeah, minutes yeah. before you go on the court. So, from the start of the season until now, like you said, it was like everything came out. I found myself last night, even after that, on the plane, looking out the window, I just broke down. <laughs> like, I just broke down crying. Yeah. And I'm not a, a very emotional person, honestly, but it's just... Like you said, everything came out like I th- so that people understand because we do play a game. Yes, you know, at, at its core, basketball is a game, but the reality is in the NBA, the stakes are a little bit higher than that childhood game that we all grew up playing and all grew up loving. Just describe the investment, and I think that's where that emotion comes from, is because there is a lot of sacrifice, family time all that just describe that investment that guys make. There's so much, and you know what? Not only the investment. And sacrifice on our parts, on our family's parts. Like, think about it. Chelsea and Knox, they don't see you as much as they could or should, you know, and same with my kids and my family. And my wife knows in the season, she pretty much has to hold down everything, you know, because the season, I'm so invested. I'm foam rolling. I'm taking salt baths. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching what's going on at this game or that game. You're not drinking Capri Sun. I'm not drinking my Capri Suns. <laughs> That's I'm a major water. sacrifice. That's a huge sacrifice for me. The, the candy drawer next to the bed has to have a lock on it for a while so me and the kids don't break open but it's just it's so many different things and missing games for for my son or or not being able to go to this field trip or pick him up from school like those little things we give so much of ourselves to our game and to our teammates and so like it it really is a family because you're we are we're all sacrificing those same things you know so we all understand that we all understand extra work the extra time the time away from family the group dynamic, too, I think is important. I think that's where a lot of the emotion comes, too, because I, I'm not going to equate sports to death, and there's all these sort of cliches and, and euphemisms about you know do-or-die games yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. But in a sense, you know, our group, that group, passed away last night, in a sense. In a sense. And, and we've spent, you know, going back to training camp in China, we've spent just about every day together uh, all over the world. Uh, we fought together. We battled together. And then you you come to that realization like you there's a there's a gratefulness and you appreciate it but there's that, also that realization that there's some guys that you, you may never play with you, you may never be teammates with again. You came here three years ago when we signed you. I'm like, oh man, JJ Redick. I seen him in the playoffs in Atlanta. What kind of guy is this guy? You know, like we're gonna be going at it in, in training camp and, right. and you know what I mean. Like contrast the styles, both effective, both but just different. So I'm like, how's this gonna work? We're gonna go at it. I remember you were guarding me. I wouldn't guard you at first. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't guard you at first. I'm like, no, no, no. I got I to gotta fill him out a little bit more. <laughs> and to think that was three years ago. I know. 
Like it goes so fast in, in the windows. And if you look at how we've lost in these playoffs the last three years, they've been so dramatic, so gut-wrenching in a way. This one out of all the three that you've been here with, I can honestly say was not self-inflicted. It wasn't like something that right. we could control that would – we brought this on ourselves type of thing. Like we weathered the storm. We battled. We, who could lose their two best guys no in one. a playoff series? Yeah, no one. At the same time, in the same game, and, and still have a chance and still have a shot. I, I can't think of any other team that could do that. Before we move on, two things I want to say. Number one, I, I, I know you'll agree with me on this. You got to give Portland credit. Yes. They played their asses off. Yes, they and, did. They did. And based on what happened in games one and two, they made some great adjustments. Um, they, they figured out ways to get Lillard and McCollum space, even though we were blitzing them mm-hmm. and, and double teaming them a lot. And you also have to credit their role players. Al Farouk Amino had a great yeah. game uh, in Portland. I think that was game four, right? Yeah, when he had four. thirty, yeah, and then uh, and Mo Harkless last night hit three threes in the third quarter. I mean, so you know, our game plan was we were going to be in full body help against Harkless, and in that third quarter, he made his pay. So you got to give them credit. The other thing from last night was Austin Rivers' gutsy performance. I don't know that I've seen that as a teammate. It was I. I don't want to like hype it up too much, but it was inspiring. No question, it was inspiring. It. His eye. So when he goes out, I'm like, okay, I see the blood, but he can also have a concussion. It, it was gory, by the way. Oh, it was it was like a boxer who just yeah, did was, 12 rounds with Mayweather right. or Pacquiao. <laughs> like, it was bad. And it got worse as the game went on. I see him check back in the game. His eye's close. He's kind of playing one eye. And he's playing against one of the best players in the NBA in Lillard and battling him. Like, and you hear the comments. I hear the comments. We all hear the comments about, oh, he's just here because of his father and, you know, all that other stuff. He's been an easy punching bag yes. for whatever reason. Yeah. And and probably some of that has to do a little bit with, you know, his lineage and, and like you said, with Doc. But that kid is tough, man. And nobody can ever question that. I think he gained everybody who ever said anything about him negative last night. They look at him totally different, and I doubt they will ever say anything negative about him. Again. He won over a lot of fans. I'm, sh- you know, I've felt a certain way about Austin for a long time yes. now, and I, I know how tough he is. I told him last night, it's like I respected you before, but it just went to a different level. And think about that. And this is somebody we see every day. Mm-hmm. So imagine the, the, the casual, the casual fan, fan, exactly yeah. from afar, saying or feeling, having their feelings, saying their little lines with eggs as their avies on <laughs> on Twitter and stuff like that. It's totally different now. Somebody the other day on Twitter, I can't remember what they said to me. It was, uh, I, I think it was a UNC fan who made a comment. And I never respond to things, but it was an, to, it was an egg. And I just said to him, man, I was like, whatever he said, he was like, something about UNC. And I said, you know what? I'll do it when you get an actual avatar. <laughs> Show said, your face. Reveal said, yourself. He said he was working too hard. Yeah, right. Reveal yourself. Uh, those are the, some, some of those people, they're the ones who... Who throw a stone and hide their hands. Yeah. It's overall though, I mean, I, I would say we had a good season, but it's again it, it's frustrating to have a chance. And and I don't look thinking about moving ahead Golden State or San Antonio OKC, getting to, you know, the Eastern Conference. I don't know how those series play out if we're fully healthy, but I, I do think we had a chance and and at least in for me, being here three years, I feel like we've had a chance every year and 
every year it's like we've, I don't know that we find a different way, but <laughs> we've certainly lost in the most gut wrenching of, of ways. Yes. And I don't know that they're all connected. I don't, I would like to think they're not connected. What's your feeling on that? I would like to think they're not connected, but like I said, if you stay with a team for eight years, you may go through some of these situations once or twice. We've gone through them consecutively years in a row, and that's where the problem lies. That's why people are like, how much longer is this group going to stay together? How much more can this group take? How much more can we take as fans You know, going through this? <laughs> so it all ties together. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Do you think that the Clippers should have, when they did the rebrand, do you think we should have just got rid of the Clippers name? Is it a curse? Is is the Clippers (laughs) curse out there? I'm not sure it's a curse. I don't want to say it's a curse, but. I don't believe in that stuff. Yeah, I don't believe in it. But now I'm like. Things are just not, it's not one, two, three, four. It's not ABC either. Something's there. Like something, it's not a curse, but it's something. Something. How do you feel about this name? The Los Angeles Fame. We have some famous guys on our team. Los Angeles Fame. I'm not against it. You could, that, do, if, you could do the LA Stars. The Los on, Angeles LA Stars. Stars. If yeah. that's going to change our outcome, <laughs> I think it's too late. Yeah, right. If I'll that's talk to Bomber. Outcome, then I'm all for it. Uh, man, it just you feel for so many people. Obviously, Chris and Blake being out, and you know all the all the people that we work with on a day to day basis, our trainers, our coaches. Denise, and there's so Tanisha, much, there's so many people that put behind so the, much work behind the scenes. You want to win for those people too, and you want to win for your fans, the the people that show up every night, people that watch the games on League Pass. Yes, I think that's part of the emotion too. Is like, I texted my brother this morning. I said, "Man, it's like I just feel like I let a lot of people down." And listen, I was. It's not like I wasn't trying. Not like I wasn't yeah. out there with the right intention. But that's the feeling you get. You feel like you let people down, and from a distance. It's so easy to say, hey, they lost, and they'll get over it. You know, It's so many emotions that go into this. One minute you could find yourself like, hey, I'm going to turn on the sports channel. Next to me, like, I don't want to watch any sports. You know, one minute like, hey, okay, I'm a, you know, I'll be okay. I'm with my son. I'll be fine. Next to me, like, I just want to be by myself. Like, it's so many emotions that go into this because we, we gave our all. And like you said, those people behind the scenes, there's people that get to the gym at 6, 7 in the morning just to cut film work to make sure we have enough information on who we're playing. You know, like all those people. It's incredible. It really is. There's a lot that goes into it, and a lot of people have put into it. From Jamal and I, thank you. Thank Seriously, all you guys. Clipper Nation, thank you. Thank you. We know you guys will hear this. And all thank you, you to, I mean, really, I love the NBA. I love I love the fact that we have fans all over the world, and um, you know, even though we're not in it, you and I are, are, are fans of the game. Yes, I may not watch game one and two of the next series, <laughs> but I'll come around and I'll watch some more basketball this spring. And yeah. it's it's really to me it's it's the greatest game out there, and it brings me kind of to my next point. I heard Wes Johnson uh, afterwards. I, I didn't know who he was talking to. I was in the kind of the adjacent room in the in the back corner of the locker room, and he was talking to someone, and he said, um, you know, "This was the best group I've ever been a part of, and not even close." And he's been in the league seven years. And you've kind of touched on that, you know, in your four years with the Clippers. I guess there's just a a real sense of gratitude and gratefulness to be a part of this. This is special. I've been in the league 16 years. And the Clippers have felt like home and family more than any other place I've ever been. 
And I was going to ask you that actually, because you've been in the playoffs a lot mm-hmm. of times in Orlando, and I know. haven't missed the playoffs, by the way. Wow, I didn't. Know I like that. to point. If it I ever, if that. there ever comes, I up didn't know that. In my podcast, this is about the fourth time I've mentioned that. <laughs> ten for ten, fam. Ten for ten. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't go to my tenth year on the opposite end of the spectrum. That's amazing, Jamal. I'm not sure how much you're into fashion. Do you wear suits? Uh, for special occasions, weddings, for special occasions, award ceremonies. You know what? The only time I've ever seen you wear a suit, I think, is at an award ceremony. That's it. Well, I actually have something good for you. It's easier than ever for everyone to look good with Indochino. Indochino is reinventing men's fashion, and a made-to-measure suit is the best suit you'll ever own. Be unique. Look good. Feel good. Get a one-of-a-kind made-to-measure suit from Indochino where you can customize the details that you want. Pick your lining, lapels, personal monogram, and more. I mean, think about this. There are 14 unique measurements that go into an Indochino suit to make it fit you perfectly. This thing will fit your body like a glove. They also make made-to-measure dress shirts and men's accessories. I'm telling you, this stuff is great, and thanks to Indochino, made-to-measure suits are now affordable and available to the masses. They're one-of-a-kind, and they're way better than a generic off-the-rack suit. So whether you're looking for an award ceremony outfit, like Jamal, or you're headed to work, when you look good, you'll feel good, and you'll feel confident. Plus, there's a money-back guarantee. Now listen up, because they're offering an awesome deal just for my listeners. Today, get any premium suit for just $399 at Indochino.com when entering the code JJ at checkout. That's up to 50% off, and shipping is free. I mean, seriously, you can't go wrong. There's absolutely no reason not to try your first custom-made suit with a deal this good. And a suit classic from their premium collection will look good, feel good, and last. So support them like they support this podcast. Go to Indochino.com and enter the promo code JJ for any premium suit for just $399 and free shipping. Indochino, your look, your way. So you with the Clippers, and you've been here three years now, in this segment, you've been to the finals. Mm -hmm. You've lost in the first round. You've been everywhere in between. How does this rank for you as far as the playoff exits the disappointment because everybody's disappointment at some level. You know, mm-hmm. whether you lose the first round, you lose in the finals. How is this ranked in the last three years compared to the first seven you were in the playoffs? Well, it's difficult and I'm sure you'll you'll agree with this, but it's difficult when you're younger to really see the big picture. And, you know, you lose in the finals your third year and you think you're going back all the time. Dwight's under contract for yeah. four more years. Jameer's yeah. under contract for four more years. Richard's under contract. So you think you're going to be back every year. Um, we lose in the conference finals the next year. That, to me, was the hardest year in Orlando because that team was really close. And that was also, I think, our best team in 2010. We lost to Doc and the Celtics. So that was hard. But then you get older, and you know at this point now with the Clippers, I've been married the whole time. Right, I've got a kid now. Different appreciation. You have a totally different appreciation, yeah. and the relationships, you know, as a whole. I certainly had made some great relationships in Orlando, but the relationships as a whole in Los Angeles are the best relationships that I've built in the NBA. So. Each of these has hurt differently. I think each of the last three seasons has yeah. hurt differently. Yeah, and it, I mean for you, like, because you you were here four years, and I know you guys had a tough series against Memphis, up two zero. Blake gets hurt, and, and you end up losing that series. Is there one that stands out more than the other, or do they all hurt equally? That's a good question because 
they all hurt equally, but this one was different from the standpoint is like I said, it wasn't self-inflicted. It wasn't like mm-hmm. we were up 2-0 and lost four straight with everybody healthy like we did against Memphis. It wasn't like 2-2 up seven with 40 seconds left on the road in Portland and lose that game, right? And then lose, ultimately lose the series. It wasn't like we were up 3-1 and then lose the series when we were this close to the Western Finals. So everyone hurts differently, but this one was like, what can happen next? To lose those two guys in the middle of a playoff series. <laughs> when there's no time to recover, when it's yeah. no, you know, it's not like they happened the first week of the season. Yeah. Like, so everyone hurts differently, but this one's just a little bit different than those ones. This one hurts. Last year was tough. Last year was tough. To be that close. You and I had we a even co- talk, <laughs> We even talked about we it. We even talked about it. So, you guys know that I only went to college for a year, and I played half the season. <laughs> <laughs> so, JJ is telling me what it's like to get to the Final Four. And we're talking about it. To get to the conference finals. To be one of the last four teams. Right. And you compared it to the final yeah, four. Yeah, compared it to the final four. And you said the final four didn't hold a candle to being in the conference finals when it's just those four teams. And we talked about it when we were up 3-1. And we never... It was a brief conversation. It was it, very it, This was not something... We. It's not like we said, oh, we're, we're there. Yeah, no. But we were so close. And we talked about it as motivation. Like if we can just win this next game and then that's when you start talking about what it would be like. It wasn't like we overlooked anybody. We were, we were definitely in the moment, but it was just to be that close and then to lose that dramatically. And then even in game six, be up 19 at home going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think, I honestly think you can replay that a hundred times and 99 times it would have worked in our favor to be up 19. That's the one time I, I felt like <laughs> It would have bit us in the ass, and it did. It did. It did. So we're going to let Doc, the GM, figure out the future of the Clippers. Yes. I always, anytime the media ever asks me about that, I'm always like, my job is a basketball player. I'm not, I, don't, I have no suggestions on that. I really don't. I enjoy playing basketball. That's Doc's job. He'll figure it out. But part of that future is your upcoming free agency what is your mindset right now going into this summer? Because as you said, this has been, you know, some of the best years of your career. I mean, I assume you want to be back. No question about it. I, I talked to my wife about it and, and she brought up a good point. We've been together 10 years and she said, this is the longest that we've ever lived one place together. Like, so we've been on the move, whether it was Atlanta or New York or, Mm -hmm. you know, Golden State or Portland. This has been the longest stretch, and she enjoys that. She enjoys the the stability. I enjoy the stability from our team. Like, us two, Blake, CP, DJ, have all been together three-plus years. Those guys even, you know, five and six years. But So I enjoy that part of it. I know my role. I respect my role. I respect my teammates. I, I don't like change. I don't like change, so I'm very, very comfortable here, and I would love to stay here and, and further. You know, some people are like, I want to retire here. I'm not even thinking about retiring, so I just want to continue my career. Well, you're here. Benjamin Button, so yeah, you're going to play continue till, my career. You're going to play until you're like 50. No question. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting you say that. I'm, I'm kind of wired the same way. Change is not necessarily a good thing. No. Uh, especially when you're actually enjoying the process. And one of the interesting things you said to me earlier today – when we were trying to get the Wi-Fi up and working, <laughs> which took 45 minutes, by yes, the way. Um, you gave me the wrong Wi-Fi, but whatever. One of the things you said to me was the idea 
of this group, of this core group of guys finally breaking through, that feeling would mean everything because we've been through hell. And there's a lot of people that look at our team and there's uh, there's something fundamentally wrong with their core. Yes. No, no. no. Us in San Antonio are the only teams over the last four years to have consecutive 50 win seasons. There's nothing wrong with our core. We just had a string of bad luck in some ways. <laughs> Shit, some of it's self-inflicted. <laughs> some of it's self-inflicted. Some of it's some bad luck. And to break through with this core group would mean everything. Because we've it feels like, I hope nothing happens next year, but it, it feels like we've seen the worst of the worst. And the one thing about the NBA is chemistry is underrated to me. I you look at the 80s. Teams stood together seven, eight, nine, ten years. You look at the Celtics, it was Bird, it was McHale, it was Ainge, it was Parrish, it was DJ. You go to the Lakers, it was Magic, Kareem, Byron Scott, uh, Worthy. What if Utah decided to break up Stockton and Malone? You know what I mean? Would they have made the finals? Probably not, right? No fucking way. <laughs> like, you have to go through things. You know, and I think sometimes you have to go through the rain to get to the rainbow. And we're going through the rain. We're going through it, and we're going to get to the rain. I have total faith. There's one of the Jamal euphemisms. See, I, had, I was saving one. <laughs> I was saving one for you. Uh, what you was the, the, the one you used the other day? I can't remember what we were talking about. But something you saw you thought would be appealing to me. It was a watch or something. A watch or maybe like a certain a, code. It was something. Yeah, it was a maybe a maybe like a nice bomber jacket yeah, or something. Yeah, I think it may have been. <laughs> and what'd you say? <laughs> I saw your eyes light up first. And I said, Bubs, if you had an alley, that'd be right up yours. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. That's a Jamal euphemism. All right. So you're a free agent this summer. You're coming off a great year for you personally. I think it was honestly from top to bottom, if you include the whole thing and mm-hmm. you know revamping the bench and everything, yeah. I think it was actually one of my like better years. Yeah, yeah, I really do. And you were awarded with that. Yes, you, you called rewarded. that out pretty early. Sixth man of the year. Yes, it's interesting to me. You know, last summer, I think you were frustrated with the kind of the pieces that were brought in and how that would you know fit with your game. And I know you and Doc. You know, had a bunch of conversations, and not all of them were friendly. And it's interesting to me to see kind of how things work out. And and I'll say I would have this: never bet this. Yeah, bro. that you you ended up winning six man of the year. I would have never. It wasn't even on my radar. Yeah, like at all because, like you said, the pieces that were coming in, I felt like I just didn't know how they would fit, and I felt like they were some of what I did. But mm-hmm. you know, so I was like, how does my role change? How does it not? And the conversations, like you said, weren't always the friendliest, but we had to talk it out. And we had to get through it because this is what I'm fighting, right? So I'm thinking, as you get older, human nature is like, oh, well, he's older than he was a year ago. His numbers are obviously going to come down because of these pieces, they're going to say, oh, he's, 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 he's getting, slowing down. He's, yeah, you get phased out. Yeah, you get phased out, right? So I'm thinking that. Then going I'm, into a contract here. I understand. This is human nature, yes, man. Yes, This I'm is like, something every, you got to provide for your family. I get that, man. Yeah, it's all good. It's all connected. And, and I'm just like, wow, and not only that. I feel like I'm sacrificing because your guys' unit pretty much have been together. You know, you guys know each yeah. other. I'm like the second unit has to keep revamping, you know, keep changing. And it's, it's just I didn't know how it would fit. So I, I didn't know how it worked. There were some growing pains initially with our second unit. And I said this early on in the season. I said, look, it's it's fine that we, we've added these pieces. And, yeah, you did. Uh, and, uh, and, I mean, talented guys, for real. I'm talented yeah. guys. But I said doesn't matter who's on the court with Jamal. 
we need to play through Jamal. You said that. And eventually we figure that out. And and I think, too, like Austin uh, really grew in his role. He grew a lot. His game grew a lot. I told yeah. him that. I was proud of him. Even before the playoffs, like he grew from, yeah. from seeing him at the beginning of the season to the end, he grew. He was a totally different player. And you all had a nice chemistry the yeah. second half of the year. I mean, and, and Pablo and Cole. Cole. They were huge, too. They were huge. Like, they I were, won the award, but it doesn't happen if yeah. those guys don't come in the mix and right. we don't jam like that and don't fit like that. They were just as responsible for winning it as me. From an historical context, I know you, you love the game and love you study it. it. Yes. I'm going to blow up your spot a little bit. Go for it. Because you, you, this one meant a lot to you. It Being meant. the first person to win this award three times, it was on your radar. You thought about this. You wanted this. I think you deserved it. But this was this was probably more important than the other two. The other two. I mean, just it it, it was. It definitely was. No question about it. This six man meant more than the other two because to start the season, it wasn't even on my radar. I knew at some point I wanted to get another one, but this season I was like, oh well, we brought in Josh, we brought in Lance, you know, Austin's here. Uh, we brought in Cole, we brought in Paul Pierce, we brought in Pablo, we brought in Luke at the day of going to training camp. I'm like, there's no way. You know, so it wasn't on my radar. It didn't really come into fruition, I think, until later on, maybe January, mm-hmm. February. I'm like, I think this can happen. Yeah. You know, so I, but this one meant more because, I, like you said, being a student of the game, to be the first to do anything when there's so many great players that have played basketball, when there's so many talented guys who, who have never made the NBA, you know, so to do certain things from a historic standpoint, I think is pretty crazy. Jamal, I don't know how involved you are off the court with any businesses, but a great business needs a stunning website. And with Wix.com, you can do it all by yourself. Wix.com makes it easy to look amazing online, no matter what type of business you're in. Show off your images in a beautiful gallery, grow your contact list, and get all your social media in one place, just the way you want. Your customers are going to love it. So what are you waiting for? Show the world what you can do. Go to Wix.com and create your stunning website today. It's easy and free. You're listening to the Vertical Podcast with JJ Redick. You're approaching twenty thousand points, assuming you play another, an yes. average eleven points next two and a half seasons. Yeah, <laughs> I know you. I know you figured all this stuff out. But no, I. I mean, to get to that, to win, you know, this six man award three times, you've had a pretty good career, man. Pretty decent. How much longer? Like realistically, Come I know on. you don't have to put a number on it. But I can. like, but how much longer? You uh, you think everything out. You're OCD. Let's go. How, how much longer are you gonna play? Five years. Five. Five years. So you're gonna play till you're 41. See, that's the problem. That's where guys get. <laughs> that's where they get in trouble. When they start. Oh, I'm 41. I'm gonna be playing at 41 at LA Fitness. Why not play against the best players in the world if I still can? Why not? That's what Steve Nash told me. Told me the same thing. And that's one of the best. If I had the chance ever. to play in the NBA. Why not? Why not? You're not gonna do it. Be able to do it the rest of your life. That's it. I've played, I have pictures, and I'll show you. I've played since I was two years old. I have basketball in my hands. So I've basically played for the last 34 years. Like, I've given my life to this. What's five more years? That's true. What's five more years? In terms of thinking about how much longer I want to play, the family I was about to ask you that, though. I would say five more years, too, which... I mean, I got next year on my contract. I'd like a four-year deal after that, and that'd be 15 years. You'll get it. I hope so. But no, part of it is the, is the family thing, and so it's 
you know, we talked about sacrifice and it's like, I feel like I'm missing opportunities. Every time I'm on the road, for sure. Chelsea sends me, you know, a Snapchat of Knox doing something. I'm, I'm, I feel bad. I got another one on the way. You also have another one on the way. Another one on the way. Yes. Your wife, Tori, told me something very interesting about you. What did she say? And I want you to confirm this. Oh, man. I'm denying it already. <laughs> no, what she said. She said you've never changed a dirty diaper, meaning like a like a number two. You, you've never changed a dirty diaper? See, that's not true. It's very rare. It's very rare. My <laughs> daughter, no. So maybe she's talking about my daughter. My daughter, no, I have not changed her dirty diaper. Just for JJ. Just JJ. She actually The girl's said, a little different. I understand that, but she said to me that every time you, she'll say something like, oh, a diaper needs to be changed. I have barbecue on my hands. She told you that? She told, yes, that's exactly what she said. <laughs> because one time I You're really eating eat ribs. barbecue. You're eating ribs. ribs. And I couldn't do it. So now I could be eating a piece of candy. I have barbecue on my hands. I can't do it. She told you that. I know you're a good father. I'm, I'm only ribbing it. you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Let me, so going back, you said you want to play five more years? Yeah. Do you see how fast this three years just went by? Oh, so fast. And you sure you only play five more years? I think I got to concentrate on one year at a time because the idea of playing five more years seems daunting. I mean, it really does. It does seem daunting. You know, the, the emotional, the yeah. physical yeah, toll. everything that goes into it. I mean, we were just talking earlier. Let's, uh, my body feels like shit right now. Right. Maybe you just you, you play all these games and you get to the point and you're you know by the playoffs you're just like managing yeah a bunch of everybody's yeah everybody is everybody. I'm not saying no me. no, no I'm everybody saying, yeah, everybody is, is. so got everybody kind something but then you on. take the month two three months off and you start you training you get refreshed yeah. and you're like everybody you, feels great think about hitting those game winning threes and, <laughs> yeah and the crowd like it's it's such a rush it's it's five years for you I think if if I had a goal for this summer I think my goal would just be to re like not that I'm not in love with basketball but to re-fall in love yeah to experience that honeymoon with basketball to get down to like the really poetic the, the, the essence the, of the essence well you know what of I, why I love the game and I, I use that to segue to this other part of the conversation you have been requested at the JC Seattle Summer <laughs> and I'm serious people want to see you. you have such a following out there from Duke all over they want you to come play in the pro am, once I don't play pickup. Once <laughs> we will set up the, the we will say hey, one time. All right, maybe uh, even if you come do a three point contest. When it, when is this going on? July to September. Okay. Maybe if you just do a three point, they just want to see you. All right, for our all star weekend, maybe it's three point contest. All right, we can jet ski up there. We can hang are out you, in the water. Are you gonna fly me up? Are you serious? Of course. PJ? Are we going P- private jet? For you, yes. <laughs> oh, stop. For you, yes. You know what? This will be after free agency. So if yeah, you get yeah. a nice you, deal, yes. I'm going to hold you to For it. For you, yes. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Life after basketball. Yeah. You are so focused and driven and so detailed. You already have to have something on your mind about what you're thinking about. I do. And and I've I've talked about it on the podcast a little bit before. I think f- for me the the most important thing is to find something that I'm equally as passionate about as basketball. And that may be a challenge. As you said, we, we've given our lives to this game. Yes. I mean, you watching Kobe Bryant play that last game and what he talked about afterwards. I mean, that guy gave his life to the game of basketball. And so yeah, it's going to be a challenge for him or anybody who loves the game like we do. It's going to be a challenge to find something. But 
I don't play basketball for money. Like I, I really don't. That's I don't love the game because of money. Right. And so post career, it's not for me. It's not finding something where I earn a lot of money. It's finding something that I love to do and it keeps you happy. Which for you is going to be something in basketball, I assume. Oh, no question. For me, I think it'll be something along broadcasting mm-hmm. or something along front office, even if I was a scout or something, because yeah. like, I love to watch basketball. I love to try to put teams and stuff together in my head and play fake GM and things of that nature. So I, I think something around the game for sure. Not coaching, but something else. I don't know if you've been paying attention to this. I'm assuming you have, but I recently saw that um, there was an issue, a uh, vote on uh, the stadium in Seattle. In Seattle. I guess the Mariners wanted some sort of yeah. guarantee of scheduling with this new arena that, mm-hmm. that Chris Hansen's trying to I know Chris, Chris is actually from my area. Yeah. Like right there. That would be a dream for you, I assume. <sighs> if Seattle got a team and you could work for Chris that team. And you I don't want to leave Seattle. No. <laughs> I want to be there until it's over with. But Chris and I have talked about that. Okay. You know, and that and that would be unbelievable. Hopefully it happens. We've wanted it. What we thought, honestly, that Sacramento yeah. was going to come up there. Kevin Johnson. Yeah. He pulled some magic. He did. <laughs> he pulled some magic. Kevin Johnson, like Magic Johnson, he pulled some magic on that one. Jamal is one of the most well-connected athletes in Seattle and Los Angeles. I know that you probably don't have a hard time getting a good seat for games, but obviously not all of us are so lucky. It can be really tough getting a seat to a game or concert that's in town, especially for a good price. That's why the best place to go when you need a ticket is SeatGeek. I'm telling you, it's the only place I ever go to to buy tickets to a game or concert. This past week, I was planning a guys weekend in San Diego in the middle of July, and I found tickets to the Padres game on my SeatGeek app. They make it so easy. I mean, there's virtually no hassle in getting the exact seats you want. And it's pretty cool how they do it, too. They pull all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events, and they'll let you know if ticket prices fall. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value, so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Easy and painless. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I use it all the time because it's simple and it works. Oh, and best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. They show you the full ticket price from start to finish and never try to trick you with huge fees on the checkout page. Now, pay attention to this next part because it's really important. My listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's 20 bucks right in your pocket. And to get it, all you have to do is this. Download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Then enter promo code JJ. SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. It doesn't get any easier, so go support them like they support this podcast. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code JJ today. You're listening to The Vertical Podcast with JJ Reddick. All right, Jamal, for this week's 4 on 4, we're going to be talking about our four favorite musical acts of all time. And this is in honor of the great Prince. Yes. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Very sad. Certain people... Honestly, it's like it makes everything like like we're all mortal. You know, like Prince is supposed to be like this mm-hmm. figure that's almost like people like him, Sade, Michael Jackson, Springsteen. All these people are like they've been the backdrops of our lives. So it's almost like 
Right. They've been here as long as we've been here. It's almost like they were here in the 1600s or something. Like, they've been here forever. Right. So, to hear certain people pass away, it's just, it's hard to even Your fathom. first memories of any sort of pop culture, at least for me, when I first started watching, let's say, MTV or BET yeah. when I was growing up, we didn't have cable until I was like 11 years old. So, this right. is probably like 1994, 95. Okay. okay. But, you know, it, Prince. Yes. I remember, or the artist formerly known as Prince. I remember around that time. <laughs> yes, I remember Purple Rain, and if you've seen the movies, guys, motorcycle, he's riding through and splashing up water everywhere, doing these tricks. After I saw Purple Rain, it rains a lot in Seattle, obviously. I go outside of my bike. I think I'm Prince in my mind. I'm, I'm on I'm on a motorcycle in my mind, so I'm I'm doing little tricks on my bike, thinking I'm Prince. Like this is how Prince did it, and that was one of my first memories of Prince. Purple Rain, the movie. So Prince is not in your top four musical acts of all time, but you do appreciate greatness. Yes, he would be if, but he's not that I listen to. Right. Okay. That's my four. So we'll we'll go one at a time. But let's start with your favorite. I want to know your favorite. Your favorite musical act of all time. Tupac Shakur. It's a great choice. That's a great choice. <laughs> to think that he didn't get a chance to grow to where he was going to to see his growth from. 21 to 25 yeah. you know, he passed at 25 so and everything he made there's people doing life in jail who have Tupac posters on their wall right now mm-hmm. like he was so much bigger than just music his influence was crazy and it's interesting to listen to his rap music it's timeless yes whereas if you listen to some rap yes. from the 90s yes you're like oh it sounds man. outdated oh, what, what is this yeah. what is this it'd be interesting to see if if Tupac you know, had ever like done a collaboration with like Kanye production. Oh. It'd be insane. Somebody that we're gonna talk about later on the list is Nas. There's a song called Thug's Mansion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tupac's verse was from nineteen ninety six. Mm-hmm. Nas is from two thousand three. Tupac still sounds better on the verse. I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. He was calling out the Nas's, the Jay Z's of the world. These was that guys- the was that the Better Days album? Yes. It was. That was one of my favorite albums. Yes, and people weren't even responding. <laughs> I, love, I love that people album. People weren't even responding. Biggie, Jay-Z, nah, these are all-time greats. They weren't even responding to Tupac. That shows how far and away above he was. Like People didn't even want to mess with him. Tupac is not my favorite ever. But he's in your... But he's number two. Okay. Number one for me is Bruce Springsteen. <sighs> and, and the reason is... Born in the USA? <laughs> no, he just had such... like. His music was like all I listened to in college. And this is like when Kazam and, and um, what was the Napster? Is it Napster? Yeah, Napster. When you could illegally download music. Yes, you were. Oh, in jail. so many Bruce Springsteen albums. Yes. But I also physically bought every one of his albums. And, uh, and I just, I love them. And to this day, still the best concert I've ever seen. I actually saw him in concert at UNC's football stadium. I went with wow. the Krzyzewski family. He had played the night before in Washington, D.C., got on his bus, drove the four hours down, performed for three and a half hours, and he performed like it was the last show he was ever going to perform and the first show he's – I mean, it was was brilliant. It was brilliant. I read something. Michael Jordan said he played the same way because there may be somebody in the crowd who's never seen him before, and he doesn't want to disappoint them. That sounds like what happened with Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. My first exposure to him too was with his uh, the, the Rising album, which was sort of the first rock album post nine eleven that dealt with 
the emotions that all all Americans really were going through. And, and so I, that really resonated with me. So I've got two. Give me another one of yours. So after Michael Tupac, Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson. Have we ever seen anybody more famous? Have we ever seen anybody from five to 50 years old that was the most famous person on the planet? <laughs> you could put a silhouette of this guy out and you know exactly who it is. Yep. All over the, the world, not even just the country. People faint when they saw him. He was so... I know you're a detailed guy. He was the most detailed person I've ever seen yeah. when it came to his dancing and his yeah. choreography and yeah. everything. Like he is such an inspiration to everybody. It's interesting to see his influence and his, you said it, inspiration. I mean, I've had teammates in basketball who are obsessed with Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know who Shavlik Randolph is? Yes. Yeah, he, he played had, in Philadelphia for a while. Right? Yeah, he was yeah. with me at Duke and he, he had like every Michael Jackson outfit. <laughs> He could do all the dances obsessed. Michael was, I don't think we'll ever see anybody more famous. I really don't. In our lifetime or any anybody else's lifetime. You mentioned Nas. That For me, that's like after Tupac is, is my second favorite rapper. I love Jay-Z. And this is not, I'm not, we're not, I'm not, we're not going to yeah, do a whole podcast about yeah, Jay-Z yeah. versus Nas. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that with you because I know Jay-Z's on your list. I just love Nas. And I love, I love his delivery. I love his lyrics. You may not know this. Actually, you do know this because I think I still owe you a listen. But, you know, I, I did some really poor amateur rap music in yeah, college. Yeah, I do know this. And Win 10 games in a row, Ma. <laughs> yeah, I know this. I, yeah, but, yeah. So, I think Nas probably influenced my lyrics more than anyone. I just, I love Nas. Nas is definitely a top five rapper ever. And he's still underrated. Think yeah. about that. Like he is underrated. He's still underrated because he's not in it for, like you say, you don't play basketball for the money. He's not in it for the limelight or the fame. He's really trying to. He makes time he's about his music, craft. Period. He's about his craft. Period. I respect and, him. And if you, I know people have talked to him. They say he's one of the most brilliant people they've ever talked to as well. Yeah. So three for you. I just said it. Jay Z. <sighs> Has there ever been, ever been anybody that good for that long? Twenty years. At the top of the game. This guy had everybody wearing jerseys. In terms jerseys. of rap music, there's no one that has done what he's no. done in terms of longevity no. and quality. And, that level, and, no. and influence, like pop yeah. culture influence. He's so relevant today. To yes. The same when he was, you could argue, in his prime, like early, late 90s, early, early 2000s. 2000s. Yes. Like he's still as relevant today. Period. This guy brought us throwback jerseys. Then he killed throwback jerseys with button-ups. <laughs> then he put on the suits. Then he, this guy was a guy from Marcy Projects. Like, like t- Tom Ford owes him yes substantial commission. Yes, it's unbelievable. Then he has the most famous female on his side. Oh my gosh! Who she said in the past, and I've known this that he inspired her before they even start dating. So it's like this guy can do no wrong. I'm surprised Beyonce is not on your list. She actually should be. But number four is also a female performer for you. Yes, the best voice I've ever heard in my life. Whitney Houston. Her voice. Do you hear that anthem? Have you, have you heard that Star Spangled Banner? No, I don't think. At I the Super Bowl? I don't think I have. She sung it with a sweatsuit on. Her voice sounds like an instrument. It sounds like something you can play or buy to listen to. It doesn't sound like somebody actually singing that. It's, it's almost fake. Nobody's voice should sound like that. It's breathtaking. You need to listen to that. We've talked about some of the most legendary performers, yes. musicians ever. People like Michael Jackson, Bruce Springsteen, Whitney Houston. 
three of the greatest rappers ever. Yes. I'm going to throw you for a loop here. My fourth favorite musical act of all time, you probably haven't even heard of. The Try si- me. <laughs> the Silver Sun Pickups. Who? <laughs> Are they in Virginia somewhere? Uh, Who is this? I knew I was going to get that reaction. No, Who? they're they're a band. They're a rock band. The uh, Silver, what? Alter- like alternative rock out of uh, Los Angeles. So you heard them when you came here? No, 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 no. I uh, started listening to them, you know, when they start, first started putting stuff out in the mid-aughts, uh, 2005-ish. And um, saw them in concert in Orlando, actually, at the Hard Rock. Got to oh, go backstage that. with them. And... Were <laughs> your family members in this band? No. <laughs> They're amazing. I'll play some for you. Don't worry. The Silver what? The Silver Sun Pickups. So, you know, Silver Lake in Los Angeles, yes. the area. They're from that area. And so there's, a, I guess, a liquor store there, Silver Sun or something. So it's their band's name is after this liquor Bubs, store. Bubs, they can be good, but they made your top four. I just, I, I love their music. And I have a Silver Sun Pickups t-shirt. It's my favorite t-shirt. Oh, God. Look at my Avi on, on Twitter. So you're you're kind of emotionally attached to them? Is that what it is? No, their music is amazing. Their music, okay. So they put out an album, I think, in early 2012. It was like their third full album. And that was the summer I lived in New York. And I rode the subway every day from Soho to 42nd Street. And... That album played over and over. It's basically my hype album to get me going for these workouts that I did every day in New York. And so that's the emotional attachment for me is not only seeing them in person, getting we we had some whiskey backstage. Yeah. I did this is a great experience. They signed my shirt, and then they're they're talented. And they're and they're, ta- they're they're awesome. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they're awesome. Well, I'll you know a new group. I'll give you like a, a mixtape of their greatest. So hits. you give me a mixtape of that, and I'll send you. The YouTube of Whitney singing the anthem at the Super Bowl. Perfect. I'm shocked you haven't seen that, but I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Our, our four favorite musical acts of all time. I love it. All right. Well, Jamal, I really appreciate the time. I'm sorry for the 45-minute delay with the Wi-Fi. I'm sorry for it, too. Um, as always, man, I enjoy talking to you. I want to end with this, and I mean this sincerely. There's a lot of guys that I've played with in, in this league. You, you've been in the league a long time. Yeah. I've been in the league a long time. You, you you play with a lot of guys. There's a handful, maybe two handfuls of guys that I w- could confidently say, I'm going to have a relationship with this person after basketball. 15 years from yeah. now, 20 years from now after yeah. basketball. And you're one of those guys, man. And you you brought it up earlier, but like I didn't know what this relationship was going to be yeah, like this three years ago. this has been one of the ago. best things. It has been. To come out of actually being with the Clippers because yeah. this I didn't see this coming yeah you know and we've talked about this before and just like we'll definitely be friends after basketball and I couldn't yeah. say that about a lot of people like you said it's probably a handful maybe two handfuls but no you're great you are too you really man are. and I, I hope that you get a great contract this summer I hope it's with the Clippers I hope you I come too. back and I hope we get to continue this this quest man yeah I hope we're we get it. to we're, continue we're, this quest we're knee deep in it now we might as well keep <laughs> going with it alright All right. thanks Jamal thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the Vertical Podcast with JJ Reddick we'd like to thank today's guest Jamal Crawford remember to subscribe and listen to new and archived episodes wherever you listen to the podcast please tweet me at JJ Reddick for any questions and comments I'd also like to thank our sponsors SeatGeek Wix.com and Indochino be sure to support them the way they support us We'll catch you next week. This has been a digital media production. Find your voice.